Hello, my people. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good whatever time it is where you're at. While listening to this episode of Rooted Strength, the podcast, I'm going to drop the method. Woohoo! Big news. Um, but it is my own methodology, right? And then we're here to talk about so much. And I thought, why not drop it down just to Rooted Strength? Because this is what it's about, okay? This week on my um, Instagram, I'm going to be running a couple of things on shoulders, but before we start this episode, I'd like to invite you to please help me know what kind of content exactly you would like to see on the page. So I realized that I'm me, I'm not you, I'm not my public, and most of my public was where I was before. But sometimes it's hard for you to think like you used to, right? I hope to be a better person than I was yesterday, (laughs) 10 minutes ago. I just hope to have better actions and to continue to grow always. So I thought, why not just ask the audience, hey, what are you guys interested in seeing on my page? Particularly, okay? Um, So this weekend, this past weekend, I got to referee another tournament. I refereed um, Jiu-Jitsu World League Boston that actually took place in Worcester, Massachusetts. And um, refereeing is always a very interesting, interesting experience to me because it's love and hate, just like competing for me. Refereeing needs so much attention to detail, and when you make an error, it can really cost an athlete the whole fight, right? And it's a difficult place to be because no one is perfect. So errors were made, and I came home with them, and I had to breathe, to think, to let go of them because remember, anxiety is like replaying the same situation over and over and over and over and thinking about the future and, you know, hyper-focusing on something that you can't possibly change. And I do my best not to live in that place because being diagnosed with anxiety shouldn't define the human that I am. So I constantly push for growth by putting myself in these um, situations that... I know will give me an immense amount of growth um, after. So this tournament, it mainly takes place in California. It was a beautiful tournament. It was well put together. We got called to referee. My husband and I both referee. Um, And out of, I don't know, 16 referees, I was the only female referee. Now, being the only female referee is um, both, it can be nerve-wracking. Although at this point in the game, I look forward to these challenges. If it can mean anything, uh, if it, not it can mean anything, sorry. Those words came out completely off. (laughs) If it um, makes sense, that's what I mean. If it makes sense to you, you know. I look forward to the challenge because I realize that I will be showing people a different way to be if I am only. So in this tournament, it's the first time I've seen an all-girls division, right? I refereed in the United Arab Emirates, 
Um, for those of you that don't know, that's in Abu Dhabi. For those of you that don't know, that's like where Dubai is, like an hour out, um, an hour and a half out from Dubai. So, and in the Emirates, they have, you know, programs that are dedicated only to jiu-jitsu. They have halls that are only dedicated to jiu-jitsu, like huge um, places. The tournaments are beautiful. They're humongous. And over there, because of the Muslim culture, there is seclusion. There is seclusion between men and women in tournaments. Also, because of it being a Muslim culture, they treat wardrobe malfunctions completely different. Over there, if your pants fall off and your butt's showing, or for women, if we're not wearing a whole zip-up bodysuit and skin shows, we get disqualified. That's how strict it is there. It is another reality. So the representation of jiu-jitsu will change, right? Um, and over there, I got to see all girls all the time because most of the tournaments that I worked at were all girls. I did work some boy tournaments, um, but mostly I taught in all girls school. And when I taught in the military, I taught the all girls, all women's military. And, um, anything that I did was all women just because I am a woman and it's separate. But at this tournament, well, most tournaments here in the United States, Little boys and little girls are still together in the same division because their um, power or physical aptitude doesn't change drastically until they're a little bit older. So girls and boys are put together into the same division until they're like um, juvenile. So in the 16s, then things start to shift. Um, And that happens in a lot of sports where girls are put against boys, like in um, wrestling right now wrestling you only get to wrestle all girls at least here in the area on one tournament out of the wrestling season and you only really get to wrestle only girls once you go to college when you're trying to make it to high school you are in a division against boys and it's it's a very challenging thing because you know muscles do develop differently um and but it's beautiful it's beautiful to watch that more, to see that more and more women are doing it. More and more girls are there. So this year, my son did wrestle and I went to watch a lot of the tournaments. And in those tournaments, there's a girl that's, she's also um, a jujitsu student of the gym I work at, but she is also this very amazing wrestling athlete. And I got to watch her um, perform so many times and see her constantly breaking down these false beliefs that girls can't do that. And as a woman, that is my daily basis because I do have respect on my mats. I do have respect as an athlete. Most people, they don't expect me to be good at things, if that makes any sense. Um, Now, I'm not trying to put anyone down this is just facts you know um we are not expected to be sometimes emotionally competent to be in such roles right and now that's a very weird thing because um we're i think we can do anything we want i think it just doesn't matter our brains are wired differently though so you know when i'm there and i'm refereeing a tournament i'm seeing it but i do have a very emotional um view of the situation because I am a woman, 
right? Because I'm a woman, I am predominated by my right side of the brain, which means it's more about, you know, um, nurturing, artistic work, and emotional. Women are always more emotional than men. Um, but we both have both sides of the brain, right? But over there, being in a, <clears throat> excuse me, in a tournament is a very emotional experience for me. Um, and this weekend, it was it was so cool. It's always so cool to watch the kids. And some people came out from California for this tournament, which was amazing. It was super well organized um, in a sense of it, it looked absolutely gorgeous. It looked so top-notch. It was so amazing. People are very, very kind. And as a referee, I can actually give a penalty to the coach if the coach yelled at me. Um, the rules were a little bit different as well in that, giving the penalty um, to the coach, which is pretty awesome because people can get mouthy, um, especially here in the States. Well, all over, you know, jiu-jitsu people, we like to scream, we like to argue when we see something wrong. Not we, because I don't particularly argue unless it's unfair, <laughs> completely unfair. But um, it's like an old school mentality that you, you know, like, yo, you're messed up, especially if you grew up in jiu-jitsu in Brazil. Um, tournaments are, you know, there's a lot of energy there. People are screaming, people are yelling, people are feeling intense, kids are shaking, and I love watching the kids compete, and people compete in general, because I can see all the emotions going through their faces as they constantly push their boundaries from like, you know, almost losing to doing better, to understanding they have to continue to fight when they can't go on. And it gives so much value to all the experiences I went through as a competitor and how hard I was on myself when I was competing professionally, right? How hard I was on myself when to me nowadays in the eyes that I see the world, anyone having the courage to step on a mat to compete is a winner on my books. They are because it is nerve wracking. Those of you that compete, you understand the, excuse my language, but you understand the mind fuck a week before, two weeks before, when you know the fighter that you're fighting, if you're fighting like an IBJJF tournament or, you know, a UAJJ tournament, then you get to know who you're fighting prior because the brackets come out prior. Um, but in this tournament, the brackets were right there, right? And it's, it's nerve wracking. It's difficult being there, breathing, cognitively thinking, making plans, not seeing the other person as like Godzilla, because that's what happens. You're like over there and you're thinking, you know, you're a little tiny lizard, gecko, looking at Godzilla. Um, and that's crazy, man. All kinds of things can happen and your mind plays tricks on you. So you are like out of your comfort zone legit because when you compete, people are really coming at you. It's very different than the sparring session at the gym. Sparring session at the gym is definitely hard. It's always going to be hard. But when you compete, it's different, right? Most people can't really let go of their body completely. Most people don't play their game for a while. It takes you a couple of tournaments for you to get comfortable. It takes you a rhythm of tournaments to get comfortable. Before me, because I was such an elite um, competitor and athlete, I'm not saying that because, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, boasting myself. No, man, it's not. It's just facts. I happen to be an individual who had a road that I got to dedicate many years of my life to the martial arts, but most especially to capoeira. 
Capoeira is one of the arts that looks for like all kinds of movement connections. Mix that in with jujitsu, you got yourself an extremely explosive and um, quick thinking, quick moving athlete. You know, most people will be like, oh, you're like a cat. Um, because when I finally learned how to let go of the boundaries that kept separating my capoeira and my jujitsu, then things just changed. And I'm still exploring that. And maybe I'll explore this connection for a lifetime. But needless to say, a lot was expected of me. And this is what happens to the people who are good at something. A lot is expected of people. So for me, coming from training in martial art due to the fact that I needed it because I wanted to defend myself, that's why I started jujitsu. it went towards me needing to be the best of the best or else I wasn't good enough to be there because that seemed like it was what my life depended on. Because then when you compete, you also have to be ready for what's coming after. Everybody wants to be a judge. Everybody wants to be a critic. How many people are going to come to you and let you know, I can't believe you lost again. Oh, you make so many mistakes. Like you were so dumb in that one position. Rarely, you're going to have people who come up to you and really get it. And they're like, yo, you tried your best. And if you have those people, hang on to them. Hang on to them. They matter a lot. They believe in you. They matter. They deserve to be part of the, your world if they believe in you genuinely. If they're there through the losses, through the wins, not just through the wins. Because, you know, when you compete at that level, everyone wants to be your friend when you do good um, or when you're tough. But then when you do bad, everybody wants to talk about you. And it's very, very difficult. And it brings about a lot of anxiety, can bring about a lot of depression from a loss can bring about um, just injuries. You know how many people get injured prior to a tournament just because of, you think it's only physical stress, but it's not. It's the men mental stress. The mental stress will show in the body. Remember, I keep talking about this in forms of contractions, breathing patterns that will put you in fight, flight, or freeze mode. You are carrying that onto the mats with you. So I have mad respect for anyone who competes, period. So. I was there refereeing. It was great seeing all the emotions. And it was very nice just, just understanding how to be in that place, in that powerful place once again. And this time, I knew more of um, the referees because I had refereed already um, two top cancer out tournaments in the area. And um, now this is my um, third tournament refereeing since I've been back in the New England area. And it's, it's nice, but then you also have other people who don't know me, other people I didn't know, and a bunch of women there competing. And I got to show them that if they wanted to referee, they could. Like, why not? You know what I mean? Why not? And that's such a beautiful thing for me, for my heart, in seeing sportsmanship, seeing all of that, you know? And um, sometimes you make errors, and I did. I made errors, right? Um, and people, sometimes it doesn't matter what you say or how you act or if you're trying your, I try my best just to have my moral compass really guide me. I don't like to lie for other people. I don't like to cheat for other people. 
I like to be fair because I'm an athlete. I understand how it is to fight with a referee that's unfair. And I'm sorry to say this, but this is a reality. Sometimes you go to tournaments and there are some referees that if their friend is fighting, they won't care. They will still be on those mats. And maybe if they have a chance to, they will turn that decision. Okay, that's actually one of the things that was very difficult for me working in the United Arab Emirates was that sometimes you could see that the fight could be favored towards an athlete completely. Maybe they were Arabic, maybe they were someone's child um, who's higher up. I'm not talking badly. I'm just saying that this is a reality. I experienced it. I lived it. So I don't like to be unfair at all. Um, I did referee there for a while, for a couple of years. And then I also got to referee the um, World Pro Jiu-Jitsu Tournament, which is the second largest jiu-jitsu tournament in the world. I got to um, referee the children's division on TV. And that was very difficult for me. Having the camera in my face made me, I was, it, it made me think I was going to crack something inside. <laughs> I don't know. But I kept doing these, these uncomfortable things that gave me experience then for what I'm doing now. And all of that was, was amazing, you know. At one point, I did have to make a decision because when the fight is, um, is the same score, then it's also different there in this tournament. I, well, some of them came to ref's decision and some of them was kind of like the last point one. If it was, you know, seven to seven, than the person who scored last one. But if it was uh, zero, zero or two penalties, then it was my decision, right? And at some point I made a decision for an athlete and you know, you question your own decisions afterwards. Everything is going very fast. You're refereeing many, many fights a day. So those of you that say that you don't get blurred minded, you're lying. You're lying. Stop being a liar, okay? Just saying, everybody gets burnt out. I know because I'm there and I talk to the guys. So if you're a guy and you're going, oh, I never get burnt out, please, please. Anyways, um, you get burnt out. So, and you make decisions according to what you see and how you feel. And I made a decision and there was a parent that got super upset at me. And he had questioned my decision and I came up to him kindly and told him why I made my decision. And he began to shake. And he began to shake so much that my body began to want to protect itself because it felt like he was going to hurt me. Now, obviously he didn't. And I'm grateful that he didn't. But you know what I can tell? I can tell that that situation to him was so, 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 so heavy that he felt like getting loud and violent was okay. And that's what he did. He yelled at me. And I told him, I'm sorry you feel that way, sir. And then for the next couple of fights, I was standing on my mats refereeing while I had a parent who was, whatever, two times my size. Doesn't really matter. I train with men that size all the time. But he was staring at me the whole time. Now imagine you being a woman on the mats, refereeing, having a guy stare at you across the mats just to let you know how he didn't like your decision. Now, again, I have enough emotional resilience throughout the years of training, and I understand that this doesn't define me. So I was there standing in my power, reminding myself that I am a very powerful human. 
not just me, but all of you are too. And that, you know, it's not my fault that he feels that way. There's tons of things that happens in people's lives that can make them feel that way. And I have no idea what his reality is, what he went through prior to being there. So I'm also not upset with him. Do you know what I mean? But I can't let my energy and my light get swallowed up by a man or any other human, woman, man, other. I do not care because I am deserving because I am doing something that not many people do. Because if he would like to do better, then why isn't he refereeing? Do you know what I mean? So he stared at me a couple of times deeply into my eyes. So here's the thing. If you're a woman and, um, or nowadays it's any human to tell you the truth. People are not used to doing eye, eye contact, having eye contact for long periods of time. Um, and if I was a, if I was a weak-minded individual maybe I would look away maybe he would make me so fluttered and afraid that maybe I wouldn't want to do that anymore do you guys see this these are all experiences that they're kind of like letting you know hey you really want this so here have an obstacle have an obstacle see if you really want it after this obstacle and I still really wanted it after the obstacle you know that he stayed there next to my mats for a while grilling me like crazy I swear I was frying on both sides (laughs) golden brown and it is what it is and dealing with that energy is why I'm here and showing them a different way is why I'm here and doing it with kindness is why I'm here I am in a place in my life right now and I'm so grateful that I can see his point of view too without judgment But that doesn't mean that I don't bring it home and think about it over and over until I can finally understand how to let it go. I've been meditating for a couple of days and it's been hard. But, you know, you learn, you learn, you live, you learn from your experiences. And that's the best thing out of life. The tournament was amazing. Many times during the day I wanted to scream. So I went to the side and found mindfulness moments, paying attention to the fact that I'm paying attention, breathing peace from the chaos so I found little corners to hide for like a couple of minutes at a time to breathe to look at the view to see people from the distance to look for the beauty in these moments and then I would get back happily to referee again so the experiences the experiences that you put yourself into, they can't always feel easy because everything that's just easy, that's just natural sometimes, it's the comfort zone. The comfort zone, it's natural. The comfort zone is natural. It feels normal, it feels easy. And expansion always feels difficult in many different ways, right? But this week I left a quote on my... um Instagram page. And that quote was, don't fear failure. Fear all the chances you will miss if you never even try. Okay, I'm not even going to say who said it because I don't remember it. But it's one of the things that I carry with me in my mindset. If I fear failure, I'm never going to know how far I can go. So when I fail, I'm like, whoa, I just learned a way not to do it. Another way not to do it. 
So I learned it's information for my growth for the future. So I invite you, my friends, to do the same. Thank you for your time, for your attention, okay? And for listening to my rants. And please, write to me on um, on email. You can write to me on email. Uh, rootedstrengthmethod at gmail.com. Or you can find me on social media at morena. That's M as in Mary, O, R as in Robert, E, N as in Nancy, A, underscore, rooted strength. Okay? Send me a DM or send me an email. Tell me what you would like to see out of my page on Instagram, what information is valuable to you that you don't understand about your growth in martial arts to do with a physical level or with a psychological level. Maybe I can help you. And if I don't know how to help you, I'm going to research that information because then maybe it will help me help myself. Okay. Um, thank you once again. You guys are all that in the bag of chips. See you next time. Os, Ashe, peace out.